You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Have you been blessed and encouraged by everything apostolic? This is Brother Rodas. There's two ways you can support this ministry financially. Number one, you can go to charlesarodas.com and purchase one of our books. Or number two, uh, you can support everything apostolic for as little as 99 cents a month. There's a support link on each of our podcasts. Thanks for considering. Well, praise the Lord, you have just reached everything apostolic. Well, this is Charles Rodas, your host, and it's so glad to be with you and you with me today and chatting here about a very important subject, and I'm going to entitle this The Argument for Holiness. Yes, The Argument for Holiness. Now, holiness, you know, the Bible says that uh, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh my, holiness, holy living is not an option. Holy living is not an option. Now what we have done, the Christian church world has done, and even some in the apostolic ranks, they have taken holiness and they have said, well, this is my opinion, this is my belief. But you know what? Um, my opinion about holiness does not matter. Your opinion about holiness does not matter. Amen. The Bible makes the argument for holiness. Amen. The Bible does. Praise God. What the Bible says about holiness is not an opinion. You know, like the Ten Commandments, those are, you know, those are things that we should live. They are commandments of holiness. You know, he didn't call them the Ten Suggestions, did he? <laughs> he called them the Ten Commandments. And so we're living in a day and an hour where men are compromising. They become lovers of their own selves. And many over the years have once preached separation from the world. They are no longer preaching separation from the world. It is basically allowing the people to do whatever is right in their own eyes. Amen. You know the scripture, and it's not right. We are not to do whatever is right in our own eyes. We've got Bible. We've got book, chapter, and verse on how to live. You know, how men are distinct and separate from women, and women from men, and how we should uh, conduct ourselves and our lifestyles and holy living, no matter where we are. So, yeah, we live in a uh, time where many are falling away, but the true church is still very strong. The true church is moving forward. So this is not a negative message. It's not a message that is, uh, well, doom and gloom. Oh, yeah, sure, there's always going to be those that are 
slipping away and uh, ministers and sometimes entire churches very sad to say sometimes they let go of everything they once believed and because they could still speak in tongues and they they could still see a miracle here and there they use that to in their mind verify they're still right with god but let me tell you something god honors faith if it's faith from a Roman Catholic person, or if it's a Baptist person, if it's a, an unbeliever or a Pentecostal, it doesn't matter where that faith is coming from. God honors faith, and he wants to bless faith, and he wants to honor that, amen, because he loves people, amen. But because God honors faith does not mean that he is um, somehow verifying or putting his stamp of approval on a carnal and a sinful lifestyle. For many that have lived holiness and separation all of their lives, there are some out there that, yeah, they wake up one day and they've just decided, listen, I'm tired of pushing that. I'm tired of teaching that. You know, it doesn't usually come overnight. It's usually a gradual a gradual thing where them spirits of the world and evil spirits are constantly pounding at them and tempting them and you know we get a little older and our hair turns gray and we gain some weight and you know we get a little ashamed uh, i'm not ashamed of the gospel amen i thank god for a wife she's not ashamed of the gospel she's not ashamed of holy living we're not ashamed of holy living and righteous living and separation from the world. I trust that you're not either. Praise God. I'm so glad for the truth today. I'm so glad for the holiness message. Praise God. The holiness message. There is a message of holiness and there is a highway of holiness. Praise God. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is not an opinion. Amen. Your convictions and your beliefs should be based on the word of God. Praise God. Amen. The Bible is not um, is not silent on the things that we teach today. No, no, the Bible is not silent at all. You can do a study, do a do a subject study, do a word study on, for an example, on men and women how they should dress differently in whatever culture we live in. Amen. If you live in the United States, we might have a little bit different culture than those that live in Pakistan. And I'm not a Pakistanian. I'm not a missionary over there. But uh, so I'm not going to speak for them. Uh, we'll let the missionaries do that. Praise God. But I know here that today men have put on women's dresses. Men have put on women's garments. And uh, many, many decades ago, uh, women have begun to wear men's pants, praise God, and uh, clothes that pertain to the other. So we know from Scripture, just using that as an example, that God requires us to be a holy people and a separated people. Deuteronomy 22.5 says it's an abomination for a man to put on a woman's garment or for a woman to put on that which pertaineth unto a man. Now, we could also read in the, in the Old Testament how it was an abomination for a man to lie with a beast. Now, I'm saying that in very uh, G-rated uh, terms, <laughs> okay? Uh, so, you know what I mean? So it, it, it was, it's an abomination for a man to lie with a beast. It also says that it's a, an abomination for a man to lie with a man or a woman 
to lie with a woman. And it's uh, an abomination is something that is detestable before God, something that is detestable, something that God hates. So, you know, when the New Testament started, do you know when the New Testament started? I could tell you exactly when the New Testament started and when the Old Testament ended. It started when the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom there in Matthew chapter 28 that ended the Old Testament. But you know what it didn't end? It didn't end holy living. It didn't end the Ten Commandments. It, it didn't end uh, holiness. You know, the apostles didn't wake up one day and say, okay, guys, let's go home and tell our wives we can do what we want now and you could wear men's clothes and we could wear women's clothes. You know, it's so... Um, it's so alarming for us to see a man put on a woman's garment. You know, if you're on social media and somebody posts a picture of a man in a dress, it's so alarming to us, so regurgitating to us. But it's not so regurgitating, so not so alarming for us to see a woman in a man's garment. You know why? Because we've been conditioned all of our life. You know, most of us living today, we've seen it all of our life. I, I'm 60 years old. I've seen it all of my life, you know, uh, so it's not so alarming. Our, our, but is it wrong? It's still wrong. It's still an abomination. Okay. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. God wants his people to be a separate people, separated from the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's in First First John, back in the back of your Bible. So, is holy living for in this this generation that we're living? You just you know, on my phone sometimes I will watch. And I'll turn on the news and I'll see some of that news and the violence and the debauchery the, the and the, the evil that is going on. You know, you can't serve two masters. Now, that spirit that overtakes people, there is a spirit of this world that overtakes people. Oh, yes, there is. There's a spirit that overtakes people. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. I want you to hang on for an important message. I want to make sure that you knew about my book called The Urgent Need of the Hour. The subtitle is Revival Praying. Hi, this is Charles Rodis. If your prayer life needs reviving or you want to learn how to pray intercessory prayer and break through with great answers to prayer, I do encourage you to get this book. Now, I do want to read you a few testimonies. Now, a lady by the name of T. Bright writes, after reading this, I have a better understanding and drive to pray. And Christy W. writes, The chapter Through the Veil will make you put this book down and pray immediately. Great points of help all throughout this book. Brandon C. says, This is an absolutely incredible resource that will light a fire under you. One more. Shelley says, other than the Bible, of course, this is one of the most important books I've ever read. Such wisdom and knowledge. Now, you can get The Urgent Need of the Hour on Amazon, or you can get it on my website at charlesarotis.com. Well, I hope you take a look at it. God bless.
All right, so, yeah, talking about the spirit that is tempting people and driving people to give up their standards. Again, again, I'm going to say it. Because somebody lets down their standards and people are still receiving the Holy Ghost, still being people being baptized in Jesus' name, and they let down their standards and somebody gets healed, does not verify or does not mean God has approved of their compromise. It does not mean, you say, well, I feel God and I feel more liberty. That liberty they feel is a spirit of deception that has come upon them. Sad to say. Very sad to say. Amen. Over a year ago, over a year ago, I published a book. Okay, as you may know, I'm a writer. We've got several books you can read if you'd like. But it's entitled The Argument for Holiness. The same title for this podcast today, The Argument for Holiness. Chapter one, there's only four chapters in this book. But if you've read it, I, I, I'm sure you will say that it was intriguing and stirring. Um, and I've got many testimonies back from people that really enjoy the book but the chapter one is called the jezebel spirit there is a spirit there is a jezebel spirit that wants to steal kill and destroy that wants to kill spiritually kill men of god oh and my sister if there's sister listen any of the sisters listening to me you know you know and you may have questioned you've heard the question why is it that seems that women have more standards of separation, living standards or outward adorning, more separation than men do. Well, let me tell you something. I don't may not have all the answers, but it's all in the word of God. I may not have the answers that'll satisfy your question, but let me tell you this. Uh, it was Eve that was first deceived in the garden. Okay, it wasn't Adam. And so when women rebelled during world world war ii here in the united states women when so many men went to to war okay to defend this nation and overcome hitler so many women went to the steel mills and 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 different places where they were making ammunition and army tanks and all kinds of explosives and all these things that were were being made during the time the steel factories and so many women went there in their skirts in their dresses back during those years but that they chose to put on pants or maybe they were towed to i don't know and that opened up a door for women to begin to dress like men now no doubt there were some maybe doing it before that but i'm telling you that's when it really opened up wide and women started to dress in men's apparel. Now, of course, they say, well, these are not men's pants that they're made for women. Okay, let's take that for men. So these, this dress that someone, this brother has on, quote unquote, brother, he, this dress he's wearing is not made for women. He got, he bought it you know, out of the men's section. Men, dress is made for men. Is that, is that how we're going to look at it? We can't look at it that way because he said that which pertaineth to. It's an abomination to wear that which pertaineth unto a man and vice versa. So there is a spirit of Jezebel that wants to look like the world and act like the world and be the world. That's chapter one. Chapter two, uh, you've got to read all of it to get the blessing in it. Chapter two of the book, The Argument for Holiness, it's called The Watchman on the Wall. 
And I'm a watchman on the wall. I've been a minister uh, since 1985, been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. But I'm a watchman on the wall. Your pastor is a watchman on the wall. The All the ministers, the traveling ministers, the apostles, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the pastors, all are watchmen on the wall. And what are we doing? We cry aloud. We spare not. We're trying to warn the people, warn the people to live holy, warn the people to live right, to walk in the uprightness of heart, to, to, cleanse their, to cleanse their hearts, wash their hearts, to lay aside every everything, lay aside everything that's not like God. The scripture says they're laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Now, now, what, what's interesting here, when I believe it was the Apostle Peter that said that, laying aside every weight and the sin, what people called weights today, okay, they say, well, that's just a weight, it's not sin. Right, weights are not sins. There's a difference between a weight and a sin. Weight is something that slows you down. Weight is kind of a, well, it's up to you to get rid of. But what people are calling weights today, decades ago, we called sin. There's been such an evolvement. There's been such a morphing into a per permissive permissiveness of evil. And what we used to call sin today, it's only called a weight with so many people, with so many walking with God today. God hasn't changed his mind about sin. God hasn't changed his mind about evil. Chapter 3 of my book, The Argument for Holiness, is called The Spirit of Holiness. The Spirit of Holiness. There's actually a ver verse. I don't have the verse pulled up in front of me, but the Bible even uses that terminology, the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness. When you, when you have the spirit of holiness on you and in you, that's a good thing. But let me tell you something. You, you don't have the spirit of holiness in you if you are saying, well, why? Is so-and-so getting by with this? Why do they, why does she get to wear that? Why does she get to do that? Or why does he get to do that? And we don't. That's not a spirit of holiness. Because, see, that spirit is saying, well, I really want to do that, but I'm not because I'm too embarrassed to. Okay? But you've got to love the good and hate the evil. Okay? We've got to hate sin. We've got to love righteousness. Praise God. We've got to, we've got to, you've got to pray those prayers. If it's not in your heart to, to, to want it, desire it. Say, God, let this get in me. Pray it. God, get this in me. I want to be holy before you. God, give me a spirit of holiness that I will want to do right, that I want to live right, that I would, like Job, fear God and eschew evil. Fear God and eschew, get rid of, run from it. Amen. Uh, the apostle, was it Paul or Peter, that said, flee youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. Another place in Scripture is neither give place to the devil. Amen. Don't give place to the don't Don't give the devil a, a room to work in your life. Don't put yourself in positions. Somebody told me once uh, that they would go to the bar to witness. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that's not possible, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put myself in a position to sit up there at a bar stool and drink a 7-Up or a Sprite while that guy next to me is drinking <clears throat> um, some whiskey. Okay, I'm not going to put myself into that temptation. 
though I've never drank. I've never drank alcohol in my life. And it probably wouldn't be a temptation to me. But I'm not going to give place to the devil. And I'm not, I'm not going to let my testimony be evil spoken of. Don't let your good be evil spoken of, the Bible says. Praise God. Amen. So we have to be careful what we do, where we go. And, and chapter 4 of my book, The Argument for Holiness, is about cleansing the temple. Praise God. Your body, the Bible says that God has said that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, it is. Your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus came into the temple one day, and you know the story. And he saw they were exchanging money. They were buying and selling. They were taking the money and they were exchanging it for other money. Like we might, if you went to Germany, you would exchange your money for uh, the kind of money they use over there. Okay, whatever it is. All right. Uh, so we went to Rome. My wife and I went to Rome some years ago. And so we were exchanging some of our money for, oh, what was it? Was it the euro? I forget now. It's been so many years ago. But that's what they were doing there. Why? Because people were coming in from different countries, different areas, and they would exchange money so that they could buy and sell. They might want to buy two goats and a lamb. They might want to buy some turtle doves, and then they would go give a sacrifice and what they just bought. Amen. Jesus saw that. He was ticked off. He was mad. I'm talking about steam was coming out of his ears, no doubt. Praise God. <laughs> the Bible says he made a whip. And he began to swing that whip. I don't know if he hit anybody with it or not. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. He's done more than that to his own creation. Praise God. Well, I don't know about you, but he was cleansing the temple. I think that's what he was doing. He was cleansing the temple. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to cleanse our temple. Brother, sister, cleanse your temple. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doing. The Bible says, wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing. Amen. Your prayers will be hindered by sin in your life. Don't believe that old church world that says, well, we sin every day. I hope you're not sinning every day. I don't believe I do. Sure, there's sometimes we got to repent, but we shouldn't be sinning every day. We should be living in a place where we're not sinning every day. But if you do repent, the church world will teach you that you really don't have to repent because the blood of Jesus automatically covers the sin even if you don't repent, listen, that is a lie. You've got to repent of your sin, even though you're born again. You can't just expect, take God for granted, take the blood for granted. Amen. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doing. Confess your faults to one another. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> uh, I want to be right with God, don't you? I'm going to make the argument for holiness. I put it in writing, but I'm going to make it as well. I'm going to make it when I get in discussion. I'm not going to compromise. I've been in this too long. I've been in this more than 40 years. I'm not going to compromise the standards of holiness and righteous living, separation from the world. I encourage you. I encourage you to put on the whole armor of God and holiness, holy living. If you're living holy and you're not compromised, let me tell you to make you more sensitive to God. Oh, wow, you've got a fence. That fence is boundaries. It's not. It's, that fence is not to keep you in. It's keep to keep a, keep the evil out. 
to keep that wall, that, that, that fence that keeps evil out of your life because you've decided, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not partaking in this. And that fence protects you, and it doesn't let that ravenous, uh, rabid dog, amen, spiritually speaking, in your fence, in your yard, that spirit, praise God, because when you open yourself up to the world and evil doings, you invite spirits into your life, into your home, into your marriage, into your children. You bring it right in. That's why you've got to purge out, therefore, the old leaven that you may be a new lump. I don't want to give no place to some evil spirit. Praise God. Oh, no, 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 no. I do not. I'm not going to give place to some evil, foul spirit and open up the devil to start talking to me. Get on my back and ride me like a like they used to say those on drugs. Got the, he's got the monkey on his back because it's driving him nuts. It's driving him crazy. It's just gnawing at him, eating at him. He's got to have more drugs, got to have more alcohol. Other spirits will do the same thing when you've opened yourself up to them. But if you have... And you recognize that you can get that monkey off your back. You could do it. You might have to push that plate back two or three days. Praise God. You may have to stay some hours in prayer. You may have to do some commanding of that devil to go in Jesus' name. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God does not want that to overtake you or overtake anybody. God wants you to walk in victory and peace of mind. But you cannot just give way and, and give place and give opportunity for that devil to step into your habitation, into your into your temple. Praise God. He wants to sit on the throne of your life and on the throne of your heart. Amen. Well, I trust that you're blessed today and encouraged by this podcast. Amen. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for this important message. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarotis.com. There you will find Pastor Rotis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.